It's been more than a decade now since the two main extreme metal genres, death metal and black metal, sort of stopped mattering for a whole swathe of new bands. They blurred together. Riffs were no longer what distinguished these genres. Nowadays it's all about intention, feeling, mood and attack. It's not just death and black metal as well, you can load doom in there too. Now, Malthusian are one such band for whom such easy categorisation is very, very far from the point. They are one of these bands that has blended together all those genres into something that's blacker, darker and deeper than either one of them alone would suggest. And as they prepare to let loose their new album, Across Deaths, this is their podcast. It's episode 48 of the Metal Insight podcast from Metal Ireland with me, Earl Grey. Before we start, just a few things quickly. Cruacon have their 25th anniversary show coming up this weekend with Skyclad and Waylander in support. That's at the Button Factory on Saturday night. Uh, you can still get tickets from eventbrite.ie. So I think it's all. Uh, I think it's good to say we raise a jar to them uh, for their impressive innings. 25 years, no mean feat, uh, and you know a load of fans all over the world and a rich uh, history that they have. So 25 years of Cruacon. That's at the Button Factory this weekend. In Belfast, there's something I want to tell you about. There's a new comedy club in town uh, from The Limelight, at The Limelight 2, in fact, in association with Magners, The Cider. Uh, that's every Thursday night, and that features Shane Todd as MC. And I can tell you, he's a pretty funny guy. I've seen him before, and he's, he's you're guaranteed to laugh with Shane. Uh, he's always worth a watch. So that's every Thursday night at The Limelight 2. Thanks for sticking through that. But back to now the podcast, where it is safe to say that Malthusian uh, can pretty thoroughly wipe the smile off your face. So we have Matt Bree and Andy Cunningham from the band here for this episode. Many of you will know Andy from uh, giving so much to Metal Ireland over the years in the form of reviews, interviews. He, you know, he's always digging out cool bands and stuff that none of the rest of us know about. So I guess I just want to thank him for that, but also say it's, it's maybe his time uh, to shine, as it were, uh, with his band Malthusian. So he and Matt Bree are here. And I began by putting it to them that the new album, Across Deaths, uh, it really goes off the deep end, way, way past where both the demo, the self-release and Below the Henge form left off. In fact, it actually makes those releases seem kind of straightforward. Yeah, um, the funny thing is, I think that's what we were trying to get with... Uh, the EP with Blow the Hinge Form, what's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and somehow didn't get that at all. It kind of ended up, in retrospect, getting kind of muddy and flat sounding. But, uh, so I think that kicked us up the arse this time to not fucking take any kind of half measures with it, you know what I mean? So when we were, we were working on the mix, first of all, with uh, James, because he'd recorded it, and we couldn't seem to get it right. And I think that's as much our fault because we didn't really have a clear picture in our head of how we wanted it to sort of be. Mm. Um, although we had, we were throwing around ideas and they're all fucking different. Every idea was the opposite of the last one. But uh, it just didn't seem to come together. And like one mix would sound great on one song and then across the album would just sound really flat or something. So after a lot of fucking hair pulling and screaming and fucking throwing wobblers left right and centre 
and then just going into radio silence for a bit, we kind of regrouped and said, right, let's send the song over to Phil Kassab's and uh, we'll see what he can do with it. And he sent us back one, um, he sent us back one song mixed, and it was a rough mix, but it just immediately fucking woke us up again mm-hmm. and snapped us back into the game yeah. and excited us. And it sounded so fucking vicious yeah. that we were like, right, this is the job. We sent it all to him. And there was there was still work to do. It was a lot of fucking, you know, back and forth to get it where we got it. But yeah, I, I mean, we just wanted to have that balance of it being absolutely fucking savage and wild, but also being dynamic. Mm. And like when there's changes, you know, we always have loads of sort of changes in rhythms and all the rest of it. Like, you know, from really chaotic fast shit to kind of almost groovy bits, like, you know, while still trying to keep it dark and then like into fucking doom stuff and all the rest of it and wonky bits. But, but somehow the first mixes were kind of, there was all these changes going on, but none of it was really jumping out. But then mm. when we got that those new mixes on it, it just all kind of came to life. You know? Well, help um, help help, help us out. Uh, who who is who is Phil and what has he done? Uh, how, how did you find him? Phil Phil plays in uh, Blasphemy. He was in Cali and Oracle. Mm-hmm. Um, he played in Diocletian mm-hmm. um, when they were over here in two thousand and ten. So there was there was a good few interactions, and as well as his. His, uh, his resume, his, yeah, uh, yeah. it speaks for itself, you know. It's that filth that, as I say, it was just exactly what we were going for. And as Andy was saying earlier on, there was a lot of us, a lot of it that uh, we didn't know what we wanted, but we knew what we didn't want. Yes. So yes. we're tough to deal with because we're just contradictions in our ideas towards that because we're just, a, yeah, we're just on uneducated in that sort of avenue do you know that, you know? that that's a really important point because uh, if, if you were to listen to um you know when you have a um a producer with a head screwed on something you know there's 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 um mic track track mix and stuff like that right and i suppose what he would say would be the bands that come in with a clear idea no matter what genre no matter how intense or how rocky whatever the band comes in with a, a focused idea of who they are and what they're about. They're the ones that sound great. But actually, you, you guys, you guys are a collage, uh, you know, of of, um, of ideas and a, a sort of jumble of ideas. That actually, it's quite a technical challenge um, and a conceptual challenge for a producer to number one weave the sonic imprint of the songs together, but to get you guys to do that among yourselves. We're awkward, you know, and I mean. We kill each other as well, like, you know, <laughs> when we're in the jam, when we're writing songs, we fucking kill each other, uh, but that's how the sound comes together, but then, of course, we all have different ideas, and myself, particularly myself, Matt and Johnny, are, are, are uh, combative when it comes to putting forth our own kind of ideas, mm. so there's a lot of conflict there, which is probably a head fuck to deal with for someone who's... Um, trying to mix it because we'd be roaring <laughs> roaring over each other fucking killing each other and then somehow through all that madness we hear something and it just shuts us up and we go yeah that's yeah. it I, and then we just know you know what, what through all the back and forth there's an understanding between us yeah. that when it does come to it it might take a small bit to move to someone's idea but when you rattle it out a bit then and uh, it just sort of comes together very yeah. nicely it's the fun of it the fight yeah yeah
Um, one of the things I really, really liked about it, I think Johnny's drum production is absolutely spot on. It's a great tonality, and the drums have a real voice. And uh, I love the start of um, Across the Expanse. Just that, the big those tom notes are, are really, really something. Uh, and then you know the texture and the tone of the drumming are really something in that track in particular. Yeah, he he writes like the way that man plays drums is out of this world. Yeah, um, he's got synesthesia to a certain degree, um, which is mental in itself. But the way he writes drums is like riffs mm-hmm. in itself, which is like he'll tell us that something needs to be a different shade, like you know. Wow. Uh, he's yeah, he's a fucking genius. But but that's it. Yeah, he like the 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 whole, whole idea of like drum riffs is a good point because I mean he does like you know if you listen to obviously there's parts where it's simple blasting that's all that's what it needs but if you listen to a lot of it there's a lot of nuance in there like you know say the opening riff of uh, To Lyric Tongues the last song I mean he's playing this piston style fucking stoppy starty blast where he's going on the, the, the riff is morphing and changing and his beats are changing with it he's not just keeping time he's kind of He's moving with every sort of change and flow, and it just really kind of, I think it, it makes every change kind of uh, jump out that much more. Like every every sort of nuance, as I say, kind of just comes to the fore because mm-hmm. it just pushes everything. He doesn't just sort of sit back and sort of like, oh, I'll just blast here, or I'll do little fucking kicks here, or I'll do a little roll here. He, he maps it out. Like you could almost, if you get lost in a song, you just listen to what he's doing. You oh yeah, it's that fucking riff because he's pl- almost playing riff on the drums. You know, it's, I mean? it's I, the, the drums. That, you know, the, the drums are almost a conversation, aren't they? The what? Sorry. The, the drums are a conversation. Mm, yeah, yeah. They're kind of. There's that sort of. Uh, I suppose they're communicating with each other. You know, all the trying to like even between the guitars. You know, sometimes the riffs are kind of veering off from each other and coming back and uh, the drums are kind of doing their thing but it's always it's sort of locked in in a warped kind of way yeah. you know it reminded sometimes me really rigid sometimes a bit more kind of spacey or whatever you know it reminded me a lot of um, well not not really but the approach I suppose you know that last satiricon record the way Frost was playing on it was just so uh, um, it was almost like the drumming was like breathing <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Why do you not like it? I haven't heard. I heard one song and I actually thought it was all right. I, um, but I, I like uh, the artwork. I like the artwork. But I like Edward Monk. Um, um, but, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, no, I, I don't know because I, I haven't really listened to it. So yeah, well, the, really well the, the other comparison that I was going to make was actually a, one of the things you flagged up some years back, Andy, which was botanist. Um, I think there's a lot of that organic, weird drumming, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, like it's yeah, botanist I suppose has so much more going on because it's it's really fucking busy. But I see what you mean. Johnny's a, like he knows when to be really busy and when to add in a fucking maximum amount of stuff, you know. Yeah. And he knows when to pull it back and let the riffs just breathe and let the atmosphere seep in. And I suppose that's what we always write. like. The songs have to have that dynamic. Yeah. If they're all just blasting start to finish we'd be bored out of our shite, never mind anyone else. Yeah. And if they were all kind of, you know, we we, all, we tried to just keep the songs moving and like, like, it's weird because we never sort of, apart from maybe the, the gloom epoch, which was, it wasn't so much mapped out, it was just more of an idea that we wanted to do something doomy. 
for that song. We wanted to do one big doomy fucking song, so we did that. Um, but otherwise, uh, we kind of ha- we start with a riff, and then we just see where it goes, and we just work it and work it, and we cut, chop things up and move them around until we get some sort of flow that it just instinctively kind of feels complete when you like sometimes you're like we're close but it's not quite there and it needs another bit of tweaking and you we, we kind of all know when it just sort of lands into the right spot you know i mean on, on, on that note how would you answer a criticism that there is a sort of slight um jumble quality to to parts of it which i know part of which is deliberate but it, as you say you know that there's a lot of changeability in any one song there's you're doing 30 different things, aren't you, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, for a lazy comparison too, Botanist, uh, there's an organic feel to it, like, mm-hmm. and it just sort of, when we're doing it, we know these bits when they sit, so if a riff goes on for so long, we know that's too long, and in and out of it and stuff like that. Um, I think we're easily bored or something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, just a bunch of fucking lunatics, like. Uh, so, but there's definitely I don't know how intentional it is, but we are messy people in general, <laughs> and that does come out in the music. Like, well, like, well, like, take for example, recording. I mean, uh, the the song I mentioned there, the Blue Me Pop, the Doom one. Um, myself and Matt, we recorded all the guitar parts for the album together mm-hmm. uh, in one li- in a little room at the same time. So if one of us fucked up, we stopped. We went back to the start. But I mean, most takes of every fucking song were like maybe max three maybe max four at the top yeah. so i can't even think yeah. but uh that that song i think we done the second run through maybe the first oh, one was the first yeah the very through. first run through there was really people right. there. there were people there yeah it was people there so we wanted to get it done plus after playing so much technical shit going back to playing a doom song is like oh right, yeah i can do this yeah we fucking yeah. dropped in at the start and we played it through without a single fucking stop and kept that like and kept and just, we're happy with it and like I mean it's not we're not the kind of band who we're not the kind of guitarists anyway who sit there and like record 20 fucking takes of a song of a riff until you can't see straight anymore and you're sick to we're, death of it we're fucking lazy we're lazy yeah, yeah. we are lazy but we're kind of impa- maybe it's more impatient than lazy we want to keep the thing moving and like yeah. we like we'd rather kind of just get the feel right. Were you happy with that? It's a bit fucking. It's not perfect. You could probably sit there and tweak it to death. We like um, the mistakes. We, we like the squeaks. The yeah, yeah. Fuck ups. Well, that's that's real. Character. Exactly, it's character. It's real. I mean, one you of the hear, like you do hear some weird harmonics here and there, and you're going, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, I don't remember that. Or that's not part of the song, but it is now. I don't know what the hell it is, but it sounds cool and it's part of it. So well, I, I was I was going to ask you about that in uh, in particular in Sublunar Hex. I thought, okay, right you've kind of this is where it kind of really goes off the deep end with the with the kind of guitar squiggles that happen about about the halfway mark uh somewhere like that you know it really does get quite dense uh and quite challenging uh with it it's not a guitar solo as such it, it is part of the sort of it, licks isn't it but that was actually yeah that was actually a lot more prominent and it would just there's more going on there it just got sank in the mix mm. and when we got it back we were just going right yeah well that bit is it just sounds cool there that it is coming in an ocean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, adding more kind of a, a stretchy wonkiness rather than mm-hmm. a defined solo You have to go thing, searching you know? for it. Uh, you do. That's, you have to go searching. That's exactly idea. it. Yes, the kind of idea we've talked about, I think, when we were talking about the last one, like the sort of, uh, so, uh, not what's the word, uh, like hallucinogenic kind of buzz, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, it's kind of... It, it, it's not solid. It's kind of slipping away. Everything's kind of slipping away 
and kind of uh. becoming porous you know what I mean yeah. it's not that concrete anymore and then it pulls back together and like that's kind of it's just again playing with dynamics and keeping it interesting for ourselves really you, you know? you, your language is funny man because did you not have was there not uh, a track in the last one talking about gaseous um, what was your track yeah, yeah. The gaseous billows. The gaseous, yeah, the gaseous billows. I mean, I, I can totally see what you mean. There's a, there's a sort of lava-like quality where things aren't static. But this one makes um, Below the Hinge form actually sound quite straight ahead. Uh, the, the thing, weirdly enough, as well about that and it being gasless, we'd gone into that one and uh, we decided we'd try it to a click track. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, fuck it, we, we went through it a few times and it just wasn't there, didn't seem right. Yeah, so then we just yeah. dropped the click track because we've never practiced to a click track. Yeah. It's weird. And then we played Gasless through once and uh, all of that was doing it, he goes, no, that's it. Because we swell and we go back in and mm-hmm. it's our sort of just yeah, symbiosis. Like, so yeah, we, it's not precise. Uh, it's kind of natural. We know when we're going to go just from jamming and whatnot, like, yeah. you know. Tell me about so primal attunement, right? Um, what what is all that cello or violin stuff in there? What what's going on? That's causing from Lynched, uh, right. called okay. Yeah. So, uh, we'd all be mates. Johnny used to live with Lyncher. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been mates with Dara for a good few years, and mm-hmm. um, I know Cosy and Ready then when they joined. So Cosy's uh, always been a big fan. Uh, they'd be playing solo gigs in Vicker Street, and he's wearing a fucking Matthews <laughs> T-shirt. Yeah. So we had the idea of it anyway, and uh, then when Cosy came out and he laid down, like he came out with loads of ideas, he, you know, he was ready to go, he put effort into this, uh, whereas we were sort of going, I wonder what he'd do. So he laid down a load of tracks and different styles with different, he brought his own mic, he had all this fucking... He had a viola and a violin. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. um, and he's doing different picking styles and stuff, and he laid down... Like, which was beautiful respite after blasting yeah. through for days. Yeah, yeah. He comes out and you listen to this and disappear into it. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was initially supposed to be for the end. And then Phil just by, he, he said himself he didn't know what to do with it. So he just lumped it in after that chuggy change at the end of, uh, uh, just before that whole end section and dropped it in there just out of not knowing what the fuck are these lads on about putting this stuff in? And we were like, that's perfect. And it just, it's yeah, insane. Because it kind of has its own kind of, uh, its own, it's moving to its own kind of rhythm or mm-hmm. whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of swelling in and out of what we're doing. Shanty. Seasick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it, it, it respects what we're doing, but it does its own kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's not sort of following the drums. I think the idea initially was that with the Doom thing, um, I was kind of really thinking about like fucking um, turn loose the swans oh, yeah. And yeah. to sort of capture something of that starkness and that real fucking musty kind of vibe you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so naturally then I was like oh geez a bit of fucking violin would go go well there but of course then you know you ask someone well our ethos would be like if you ask someone to do a guest spot on something you don't fucking go and tell them I want you to do this that and the other 
you sort of go, this is what we're doing and this is what we have in mind. Please, and, please do something really interesting and bring their creativity into it. And that's and, what he did. And, and we'd, given we'd, given he's a fan of the band, we didn't have to tell him that much. Yeah, you know? indeed, just said, absolutely. We just said, yeah. do something. Like, we want something kind of, you know, that has a creaky sort of vibe, you know. And we didn't have... And it's hard um, it, it's hard not to be swayed because um, I guess Andy you know because you're because you're so um, sort of uh, you know uh, vocal and sharing about you know stuff you like at any one time it's hard not to read things into it that maybe aren't there but uh, when I heard the sort of the, the kind of madcap voices that are going on all around that track I, I did immediately think of Malak Paratan as well just with these strange ghoulish little gobliny voices you know wailing and gnashing in the background but maybe maybe i'm just hearing something yeah, I think there. that might be a small we'd be fans of that anyway yeah. andy probably more so uh, i love it especially that yeah. second album i think is amazing yeah. uh i would have just it wasn't intentional but afterwards i think the uh the last cut to ghouls yeah uh, yeah yes it's definitely more and uh, mark is his vocals are out of this fucking world yeah. like yeah. Literally and figuratively, like you know, um, and there is cello and stuff like that in that. So afterwards, you see the comparison to that yeah. more so. Yeah. Um, but but I think always we we uh, we want to go for that weird and fucked up thing. I think the vocals on this are absolutely insane. Yeah. While the mix was sounding like shit, the vocals were the thing that you're just going. Yeah, this is class like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we actually re recorded all the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded them initially on the last day of uh, of the studio uh, with James and the night before when we were recording fucking uh, Gloom Epoch and Dara and Tony showed up with a bottle of whiskey mm. or scotch or whatever. Two, two uh, leisure bottle like so. So we kinda <laughs> left that to the side and then the day we were doing the vocals, myself, Park and Matt fucking rake of cans like a couple mm. of slabs of beer and mm-hmm. then crack into the scotch so the three of us were fucking bananas drunk before we even started <laughs> yeah. started howling things just got out of hand we hadn't now we hadn't fucking practiced the vocals at all and didn't really know what we were doing and we went in and fucking went mental it ended up being a glorified scratch track it was yeah well it was ridiculous because the more pissed we got we were kind of riling each other up yeah, to be yeah. ridiculous and like there was all sorts of maniacal cackles like uh, King Diamond shit that was getting out of hand. We, we kept one of them, I think. But then, so, but, but through all that, we listened back to it and it was just shit. It was messy. It was all over the place. There was no structure to it, bar yeah. here and there. But there were a couple of pieces that were like, this works. So we'll have to maybe refine it a little bit. And then we kind of worked a little bit on structuring um, the, the, the vocals and we booked in with Shawnee Cads um, and went into him and Son's studio for a day mm-hmm. and... Just I'd like went, to point out I didn't drink that day. I'd like to point out that I was fucking gimped, but <laughs> we managed to do it somehow. And it, it actually sounded, it, the vocals, I think, yeah, are the best on any of the things we've done. Yeah, just they, they are, yeah. All over the place. Listen, t- t- tell me this, um, you, you're you almost, you're, you're a sort of victim of your own style in some regards. You, you have made um, uh, albums or releases that, that ask the listener to really step into a bit of a, a, a world, much like, you know, you've got, what, Cathealist or... Uh, portal or, or um, uh, you know any of the new you know sort of Crick's core we, we can't play guitar like them people no no indeed but <laughs> but 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 what I'm saying is the, the, the last time I saw you guys live I happened to be standing in the right place and I was very grateful for it because I could make out 
stuff that was going on but I, I noticed that when I moved to a different place it was hopeless you know because I was in a mush so it, it very much depended on the luck of the draw where you were so when when because you do do a lot of live stuff you know how conscious of you that how conscious are you that you are in a way a victim of the style more so than a bunch of ordinary bands uh, not at all plug and play that's that's the same engineer's fucking problem if we can hear ourselves on stage and uh, we don't fuck up too much that's our job done yeah and it's yeah. up to him to make it sound good but i mean we can't like normally we don't have well when when we do the sound check we'll walk up we'll plug in it's a line check oh, we'll yeah. Through yeah. very quickly we'll be in, in and out in the fucking 10 minutes max yeah and um, so i mean we kind of have to trust that the sound engineer knows what he's doing. I mean, we don't, so we're not these sort of precious people who kind of go and plug in. They spend fucking 45 minutes to an hour. People, each person stepping out into the middle of the room and walking around and listening for everything. It's like, man, that's not our fucking job. You know, no, we're here to play songs and the sound engineer is getting paid to fucking do his job. Yeah. So if he doesn't do it right, it also eats into our drinking. Well, indeed. Do you know, for all this talk, all, all, all the uh, layering and all the, you know, the depth at the same time, um, you know, you think of at the end there of uh, Across the Expanse. I mean, that's pure good old school Angel Corpse speed, you know, at the end of that. It's it's total heavy metal. It's not difficult. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think any of it. Well, like, I, I find Andy's riffs difficult because it's his style mm-hmm. and he finds the same with mine but there's nothing that we do that is overly technical mm. we just love fucking straightforward riffs mm. be it angel corpse i'd be inexorable was one of the fucking albums it's like, it's an it's it. do you know what i still i still listen to storm gods like any time I, I just, I just, it cannot be better. Do you know? It's just so. I remember, you know, in Hexed, we just spent so, so much time over that album. It was an outrage. I just, yeah. But you, you know, you, you got it. I mean, the other thing, I guess, is that you now have, you know, the respect of your peers, kind of internationally. Um, the demo obviously solidified that, and then Hengeform did did so well with that. Um, you know, after that, what I suppose, you know, you've got a new one coming. Um, but what does I suppose what is what is it that you want out of this other than to just please yourselves, which is the common answer for everybody. But what you know, you know what do you want well, out of it? It'd be nice to kind of uh, get some offers for tours and gigs and stuff, and yeah. we're working on stuff at the moment for next year. Obviously, this year, uh, bitches, bitches and money. <laughs> uh, this year, the rest of the year is kind of out. We were supposed to be doing a, a week long European tour in September for the release with Triumvir Fell. Yeah. But they their one of the dudes um got a new job and couldn't take the time off and that was the end of that. And we were kinda we were kinda um trying to salvage that tour for a while but it seemed like a fucking it seemed like too much mess and, and I was like, no, let's just leave it, come back to it fresh in the new year, do something arrange something with a band that we like really want to fucking tour with that we think it'd be a good uh a good lineup for people to go and see. So I'm, there's, also I'm, been, there's also been the amount of time that's passed. Like so, the last two years, Forest, given the first uh, the first two releases, and we were fucking flown around the place and playing in these amazing builds, like you know. Uh, and then everything just died down because, understandably enough, I don't know if it was hype or what, or you know. So it it did sort of wane off, which gave us also time to put the head down right, rather than because. We're all, we've all got life yeah. to put up. Yeah. So to get us all together and stuff like that wasn't as easy. 
because every time you're getting together, you're practicing the set to play live. Yeah. Which, which gives no time for writing. So it was just. And I, I imagine Johnny's a man in demand as well. More so now. Um, with Conan, it's, it's gone off the charts and he deserves everything he gets because, like, a man that has uh, perfected his art like that, you know, he. Yeah, yeah. He deserves to reap the benefits. It's like. funny. I think I think Napalm are really putting a lot behind them at the moment. It's really good to see, you know. Oh, yeah. they're sure. I'm heading out. Yeah, right. I'm heading over to fucking to Melbourne as I was saying to you earlier uh, in November, and they're playing <laughs> playing while we're over there. So that'll be a bit of madness seeing yeah, them playing to like a foreign and audience and a padding they're playing over there two days yeah, before that again sure. so it's going to be some fucking the paddies go on the piss <laughs> yeah, so and, Andy um, I was just thinking uh, of, of your your sort of present job you know with um, Malthusian but I, I just was thinking of your own you know path over the years because I remember you know right from state pathologist through to record Hesperus and stuff and um, I just remember do you remember that gig we did at Christmas and I remember you guys were on and I remember kind of like the lights swirling red and, and seeing you sing and stuff uh, with Wreck at that time it was really it was so so immersive that gig that night I don't know it just caught something I always thought maybe I'm just saying that because I have a fond memory of it but you know I really think it did but you know when you think toward when you think or sorry when you think back toward all the stuff you've done I mean how does do you think Malthusian's the the top of things at the minute or do you look back the state pathologist and, and Wreck and stuff and, <laughs> Well, like, I suppose the way you, you, I'd see it is everything's kind of a... And you can't really compare things, like... Because everything has its own sort of um, agenda, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Malthusian has its own agenda. Which, and now, because it's kind of taken off in, you know, a small way, whatever way it is, it's kind of taken off. Uh, obviously, that's kind of the main focus. And that's then that takes up most of your time and your cons- and your focus, which is cool. Uh, Wreck of the Hesp is kind of in a dormant state at the moment and mm. I imagine we'll probably fucking do something again when when the time is right but uh, when the tides are low when the tides are low <laughs> uh, we'll uh, yeah but yeah no but that had its own sort of thing and it was like obviously it was the extreme end of kind of sludgy funereal doom or whatever the fuck it was and it, it was about it was far more it, there were there were maybe less restrictions on it because we'd kind of veer out into other ways in ways that we wouldn't with uh, Malthusian because with Malthusian we kind of like it's re- I think it's experimental in, or, or not that it's experimental it's more that the we've set a wider kind of remit for ourselves we've got Black Death and Doom which keeps mm-hmm. things really fucking wide open as far as what we do I wouldn't have been interested in putting fast stuff into Wreck of the Hesperus or you know but but then I would I'd, I'd have been more open to putting noisy mad shit in there whereas with Malthusian nah not really and now with this new thing uh, I've got going on Bacterium with Ray that's kind of got another set of rules like that keeps heads it off, off in a sort of different direction and that's kind of it you know it's I, I think with each project you have to kind of put up some sort of uh, definite goals and boundaries because like when, when you have too much to choose from there's no focus, but I think once you set some sort of boundaries, then you can be really expressive and creative, as creative as you are as a fucking individual, I suppose, mm. within those boundaries. And like death metal and black metal at the moment are probably 
the most creative. They're wide open. They're the most yeah. creative fucking genres. They probably have been for a long time. I, I think they, I think uh, boundaries have all but dissolved actually at this point in time, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's great. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, for better and worse. For better and worse, I think. You know, for better, for like, uh, for better with the good bands. For worse with bands that are just kind of vague and kind of. Sure. They're a bit of this and a bit of that, but they're a bit of nothing in the end of it, and yeah. hypey kind of shite. You know what I mean? But like, and maybe we are. <laughs> if you ask the right, if you ask someone. So that was the Metal Insight Podcast, episode 48, from MetalIreland.com. If you like what you hear, help us out and leave us a review. You can check out our channels on iTunes or YouTube. Leave us a review, it all helps, as long as it's five stars. Uh, You can go through those channels to get all sorts of other interesting episodes, Um, some of the best ones if you're into Malthusian. Some of the best ones you might like would be Damien from Cradle of Filth. He goes through their history from the time he was on the Dusk and Her Embrace album. Uh, Vykotnik uh, from Dotheimsgard, a really, really, really great chat I would encourage you to listen to. Uh, Steve Von Till, Yob, the list goes on. Check out the stream. Anyway, good luck to Cruacon for their show on Saturday night. Thanks again to The Limelight for keeping our lights on. Till next time, I'm Earl Grey and this is the Metal Insight Podcast. Thanks for listening.